So this is the first week of Wealth Builders. Uh, Next week, Joe's going to be preaching on Restored Week. We've got the Saturday class. Uh, Then we've got two Wednesday nights uh, in November as well. So the title, I guess I'm the appetizer. Um, The title of my message today is The Plan That Brings Prosperity. And so in kind of seeking the Lord on what would he have me say, he gave me two things this morning. Um, The first one was enlarge the vision. Enlarge the vision. The second thing was relate the practical. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a little bit of like macro, some of this stuff up here, and then a little bit of micro, stuff that you can practically apply. I was driving uh, this past week in my car in the morning, probably faster than I should have, and if you've ever been in an airplane or in a car going fast, sometimes it feels like you're about to take flight. Uh, And so it was one of those cloudy kind of days, and so as I'm going, speeding a little bit, uh, all of a sudden, the Lord gave me a picture of coming up above the clouds. And, you know, without vision, people perish. And without a vision for your finances and prosperity that God has for you, you also will not be able to rise up to what it is that he wants for you. And so I think that in looking at this, what I would tell you is he wants to cause our vision to be up here above the clouds where he's revealing things to us. And then what happens is that as we come down out of that place with him, we get into the practical everyday living. And as we're in practical everyday living, what we do is we work out the stuff that he shows us day in and day out. And then as we apply the practical, we get to see him bring forth his plan. Uh, it's, it's a really supernatural, miraculous way that this works. So... Um, a lot of times, if I heard the word prosperity in a church today, I would tell you that for every two times I heard that it was good, probably four times that word would be referenced. Somebody would be kind of saying something derogatory or negative about that. At least that's been my experience. Maybe that's not yours. But, um, and I believe that maybe there's been excesses in certain places, this, that, and the other, whatever. But um, I'm going to challenge you that if you are questioning whether or not it's God's will for you to be prospered, go take your Bible. Look at prosperity, prosper, blessed, blessing, abundance. Look at these things and look at how frequently you will see these words come at you again and again and again and again. And so I believe that part of the reason why there has been a maybe a detrimental perspective given to a message of prosperity is because many times... uh, People are in the world of the world, and they're viewing prosperity from a worldly standpoint. Like, what can I get? I want a new car. I want a bigger house. It's all about them, them, them. And what I would tell you is I think that God's prosperity is not that. He does delight to give you the desires of your heart. That is his goal too. But his desire is to prosper you for the advancement of his kingdom. And if you're poor, you're not helping the kingdom advance. You can't get out of your own way. You can't help somebody else. How can you take care of a widow or a homeless shelter or even have time to do something to bless somebody if you're struggling? You can't do it. And so part of my goal here today is to give you a little bit of a vision, uh, even though there may be a current trend towards negative preaching on prosperity. Um, Let me give you some scriptures. Let me give you some scriptures. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Um, I've read a few books by John G. Lake. I read a few books by 
F.F. F. Bosworth, um, Oral Roberts, any of these people that, that you guys have read books of, looked at, listened to their preaching, there's a consistent thing that many of them say, and even though some of them are 100 years apart, uh, it's really cool to listen to what they frequently say, and almost all of them, it's the Holy Spirit, but almost all of them have a comment that will come through as you're reading their writings, and a common phraseology that they use is faith begins where the will of God is known. So if you don't believe, if you don't believe it's the will of God for you to prosper, guess what you're not going to pursue? You're not going to pursue it. So what we've got to do is number one, figure out, well, what is the will of God? And I'm going to tell you right now what the will of God is for you. Third John two, dearly beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. That is, the, that is the word of the Lord for you. His delight is that you prosper. His delight is that you be in health. So is it his goal that you be sick? Absolutely not. Is it his goal that you be poor? Absolutely not. Is it his goal that your soul would continue to pursue him, grow, develop? Absolutely. It's all three of those things in unity with one another. This is Deuteronomy 29.9. Carefully follow the terms of this covenant so that, you may be, so that you may prosper in all that you do. So he's saying, hey, listen to me. Listen to me. Follow me. And this thing, this prosperity thing, it's going to come to you. It's going to come to you. This is Deuteronomy 28. Are we up there? There we go. Now, this is going to be long. I was tempted not to read this but because it, it'll take me a couple seconds. But this scripture, if you don't have this on your heart, if you don't have this around your neck, You need to. Um, I'm going to read this. If you fully obey the Lord your God and are careful to follow all his commandments I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations. Pastor Dwayne, you've been talking about men being set high above all the nations. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. Jasmine and Ryan, you guys just got some, your, your fruit got blessed, right? Uh, Chris and Brianna, there is blessing happening all around this place in the womb. Uh, your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You're, you will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction and flee from you in seven Who can stand up against you? You're walking with the Lord. Nobody. Nobody. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. That sounds a lot like Psalms and Proverbs. Whatever you put your hand to will prosper. The Lord will bless you in the land he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people as he promised you on oath. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him, then all the peoples of the earth will see that you're called by the name of the Lord, and they'll actually fear you, because they'll see him on you. This is verse 11. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity. That word, abundant prosperity, is part of this Old Testament covenant. In the fruit of your womb, in the young of your livestock, and the crops of your ground... In the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. 
The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in due season. And again, bless all the work of your hands. I'm seeing a lot of blessing the work of your hands. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You will lend to many nations and borrow from none. If you pay attention to the commandments that I've given you this day and you're careful to follow, follow them, you will always be at the top, never on the bottom. So this was given to who? Israel. This was given as a, this is what people referred to as the Old Testament covenant. What do you have? You have a New Testament covenant. Is the New Testament covenant or the Old Testament covenant better? The new. What does the new include? The new includes every single thing that's in the old. So not only do you get Jesus and you don't have to worry about, you know, the sacrifice and all this kind of stuff. You get all this too. So all this is for you plus more. You have a better covenant, a newer covenant. He didn't come to give us a crappier covenant. He came to give us a better covenant. And so the reality is that this is yours. And he says that he will grant you abundant prosperity. What is abundant prosperity? This is, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. So the reason I'm, I'm sharing this with you is I want you to know that it, this is the Lord's desire for you. This is his will for you. This is his plan for you. And he says that in doing this, in doing this, so what's our, what's our response to him? Put first the kingdom of God, seek his righteousness and his kingdom, and all these things will be added unto you. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, don't worry about what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear, don't worry about none of that. Seek first his kingdom and all this, everything I just read to you, is yours. What's the first part of it say? The first part of it says, if you will hearken, it depends on the version you read, but it says, if you will hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, you're careful to walk out the things he's shown you. He says he's going to command this thing to come on you and to overtake you. You ever been overtaken by something? Overtaken means this thing's on you uh, even if you didn't have perfect obedience all the time, this something's overtaking you. But our job is to incline our ear to him. So, first and foremost, I think you need to put yourself in a position of receiving to experience the full manifestation of God's provision for you. Um, If you look in Scripture, Jesus is in a town. He's hanging out. There's a ton of people. Uh, the, the, The people are pressing in from all sides. Like if you've been at a big concert or something like that, and there's tons of people everywhere. They're pressing in. So, like, they're pushing against one another. There's kind of an intensity to it. There's a woman that's there. She's been hemorrhaging for 12 years. Woman with an issue of blood, right? 12 years. She goes up to Jesus, and what does she do? She says, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed, right? This is what she says. So she's got this crazy faith and expectation. If she can just go touch touch a hem of his garment, she's going to be healed, So what does she do? Did she ask Jesus for permission? No. Do you think she knew that it was the will of Jesus for her to be healed? Absolutely. So what did she do? She went and appropriated something that he already had for her. Something he was already in agreement for, for her. She went and got it. 
She didn't ask him for it because she already knew it was his will. Do you know that if there's a crowd pressing in from all sides, that means there's a lot of people there. Scripture does not record that every other person there was healed. Who was healed? She was. And he said to her, well, first he said, the power left, you know, he felt the power come out of him, right? And he didn't rebuke her for it at all. He was happy for her. He was happy for her. But the reality is, is that he said, hey, your faith has made you whole. So the, the reality here is, is that God may have something for us, and he may have already declared it over you, but you have to get into a position of receptivity. What if she didn't go and press in? What if she was like the rest of the people in the crowd that didn't go touch the hem of his garment and wasn't expecting to see anything? Maybe, maybe she might not have saw the thought, thing she saw, and then she'd be like everybody else, right? Because I'm sure there was people in that crowd that received nothing from Jesus. There's pe- people in that crowd that wanted to kill him, right? There's Pharisees and Sadducees in that crowd. They didn't get healed. So something to think about. So we need to put ourselves in a position of receiving, 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 receiving. And that lines where, where the will of God is known. Faith will arise. A conductor is a material or a device that conducts or transmits heat, electricity, or sound. A conductor. Uh, if we're looking at electricity, how does, does electricity flow well through wood? No. Does it flow well through rubber? No. Uh, how about copper? How about gold? How about silver? It flows really well through those things. Why is that? Without getting into the <laughs> Because there's a low resistance. It's easy for electricity to flow through things that aren't inhibiting or resisting uh, the, the flow of that electricity. And I really think that there's a lot of parallels here for us as believers. And I think it should be the hallmark of our life to say, hey, you know what? I want to be a good conductor for the provision that God gives me. It's very, you know, a lot of people have this real... You know, it's all about me, perspective on prosperity. It is not. Uh, The Lord desires to prosper you and give you desires of your heart, but he wants to prosper you for a bigger reason than just you. Uh, And it's it's likely that his prosperity, Joe, you hit it this morning in prayer. It's likely that his prosperity for you is so much bigger than anything you've seen, anything you can envision or imagine. Um. So, there's such a thing as a superconductor. A superconductor is a material that at a very specific temperature has absolutely zero resistance to anything flowing through it. And I think part of what the Lord's trying to do in his church and in his body is create a bunch of superconductors. In other words, create uh, a real ease where his spirit is looking to just flow through his people And it's not his people who are trying to live their own life, but it's his people that he's prospering and he's endeavoring to work through. Uh, And and it's in so many different realms. This isn't just in prosperity. This is in every realm. But I think this is what he's got planned for his his bride. It's what he's coming back for. It's not going to be... So, in Malachi 3, it talks about 
the tithe and the offering, and the, the people are saying, Lord, you're far from me. That, you know, I'm not intimate with you. And he says to them, he says to them, but you've been robbing me. And they say, what the heck are you talking about? We haven't been robbing you. And he says, yes, you have. You've been not giving me tithes and offerings. And so he goes on to say that, test me in these things. Test me and see if I won't pour out the floodgates of heaven so much so that you will not be able to contain it or hold it. It, Your cup will runneth over. He has a promise. And so uh, my wife and I, when we lived in a 400, uh, maybe it was 450 square feet. It was 400 and something square feet uh, apartment. It was gross. Um, It had mold in the walls. It had green shaggy carpeting that was moldy. It smelled terrible. Uh, When we moved in, the people didn't clean out. I don't even want to tell you the stuff we found. It was gross, super gross. You've, li- you've never lived in a place like this, likely. Maybe a few of you have, but it was super gross. My wife and I, we've got crushing student loan debts, hundreds of thousands of dollars of money that we spent. Then I borrowed a bunch of money to open up a practice because I, I knew that this is what the Lord wanted me to do. And I can remember um, after getting saved, I got a first message on tithing, and I'm like, and I'm kind of remembering back to my childhood, I'd have family members that would say, um, you know, those churches, they're just trying to brainwash people. And they're just trying to steal their money. And that's what they're trying to do. And so my first initial perspective when I got a tithing message was kind of a little bit of like pushback on it, you know? I'm like, oh, no, I don't know about that. I can't afford to do that. And so that month, I remember we needed a, we had a car. It had like ridiculously beyond legal bald tires. Um, and we needed new tires and we didn't have money for new tires. And it was like $380 at the time. This is when I was like 23 and like four years ago. And so um, anyhow, so at the time, we decided to test him in this and see if he wouldn't open up the floodgates, whatever that was at the time. And we did. And you know what happened? The next month, we had 400 extra dollars in our account that were like, we don't, we don't know how we ended up with this $400. So when we took him at his word and tested him in this, you know what occurred? He honored his word. He watched over to perform it. And you know what? The way he works is when, when you're faithful with little stuff, next thing you know, it's a little more and it's a little more and it's a little more. Next thing you know, he's entrusting you with all different kinds of stuff and it's a lot more. And so at the end of the day, though, the heart's got to be the same in all of it. So uh, I'm guessing probably all of you in here already tithe. But if you don't, you need to start. Because at the end of the day, um, he created the heavens and the earth. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And if we think that we're smarter than him, or like we got a a better way figured out than he does... um, if somebody's wrong there, it's probably not him. It's probably me. You see what I'm saying? So if somebody's going to be wrong, it's probably not him. It's probably me. And so I just need to change my thinking and get to the, to the point where I realize, hey, the earth is the Lord and everything's in it. And so if I'm faithful in these things, I'll get to watch him produce miracles for me. So I'm sure you're already tithing, but if you're not, you need to. You need to test him. Test him in this. And you watch what he will do. I guarantee you. I guarantee you he is going to start 
doing stuff for you, and you will see more and more and more and more and more things happening that you wouldn't get to see happen otherwise. So, and no, the church is not trying to steal your money. No. He says he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Like, he's trying to supernaturally protect everything you put your hand to. So when other people's cars are breaking down, yours don't. So when other people got this and that calamity, you don't. That's what he's trying to do for you. So the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. Do you know that there is no such thing as a recession for Jesus? There is no recession in the Lord's economy. So if you have fear over that, uh, let him woo you. Let him speak to you so that you realize he will do and is who he says he is. I was listening to a song, uh, the new, uh, what is it, Christine DeMarco, the new Bethel album that came out. I was listening to this song, and she was talking about greater things to come. Well, guess what? Greater things are coming in every way, shape, and form. Greater things are, are to come also for God's desire to prosper you. Greater things are coming. Greater things are coming. This is Psalm 72. May his people flourish and thrive. Thrive. Flourish. Does that sound like abundant prosperity to you? What we just read in Deuteronomy 28? That's the same thing. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. I find it interesting that he's saying that when his people are prospering and flourishing, the next statement is... May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Maybe part, of the, maybe part of the Lord filling the whole earth with his glory is you having the hand of the Lord and the prosperity of the Lord on you. Yeah. Do you ever think that? Yeah. Uh, you know, we should be thinking that way. But if you were told that prosperity is evil, how are you going to be having faith for that? Like you're not. You're not. A couple key things here. These are... These are these are top things, vision things, and then I'll get into some practical in a little bit. Um, watch your tongue. James 3 says that, that, the, that the tongue is the rudder of the ship. It controls where it goes. Uh, Proverbs 18.21 says that death and, the li- death and life are in the power of the tongue, that those who indulge in it will eat of the fruit thereof, right? So guess what comes out of your mouth? Is that powerful? Is that a big deal? Absolutely it is. And so watch what you say. And the reason I'm telling you this is because um, depending upon how you grow up, you might not even realize you have stuff that's on you. And what I mean by that is, so I had a friend tell me years ago when I was living in that 400-square-foot apartment with nothing but hundreds of thousands of dollars of crushing debt, my friend tells me, you know you're going to be wealthy, right? And I'm like looking at him like, are you out of your mind? Do you not see how I'm living? (laughs) This isn't wealthy at all. This is terrible. Like I can barely afford to feed myself. This is my mind. And so when I grew up, people didn't talk like that in my family. In my family, when, when Thanksgiving happens, everybody gets together. And you know what they attempt to do? They attempt to outdo one another with stories of how poor they are or how broke they are or how they don't have something or how they can't do something or how they're insufficient in some way at something. This is, this is like, this is every Thanksgiving. This is what we do. We're going to outdo, and most of these people weren't in like abject poverty. None of them were, you know, wealthy is a relative term. None of them were what I would consider terribly wealthy, 
But, you know, they had cars that worked. They had roofs over their heads. Most of them didn't have huge debt. But they would all outdo one another with a story of how it's tougher in their world. Tougher in their world. And just growing up around this, I mean, if you grew up in this, you, you might need to have some renewal of your mind. I'm serious. I had to. Uh, you know, it's that woe is me perspective. And I'm going to tell you that I think that in the church, some of this has bled over. Because there has actually, I hate this. No, I love it. I love it. This morning, everybody's here talking and, and uh, uh, praying. And almost every single thing that somebody prayed was like something that I am about to say. <laughs> and, and then Pastor Dwayne gets up here and he starts talking about this. And I'm like, this is in my notes. Clearly, I wrote it before. I'm not stealing it from you. But, or did you look at my notes? <laughs> he doesn't need to. It's the Holy Spirit in him. But... Uh, Here's my, here's my point. I believe that there's almost become a, a false level of pride associated with saying I'm poor or I don't have or I don't have enough or I'm just getting by. I believe that there's a false level of humility and a false level of pride that has tried to come on the church in this. Uh, and it's not... This is... This is what the Lord says of you. He says, he will grant you abundant prosperity. That's what he says about you. He doesn't say you're just getting by. He doesn't say, he's not saying you can't make it. He's not saying you don't have enough. He's saying his goal is to give you abundant prosperity and you're going to flourish and increase and more and more and more of it's going to happen every day of your existence. It's going to be more and more till the glory of the Lord fills the earth. It's not a regressing thing. It's an increasing thing. So watch what you say. If you grew up in a place like me, you may need to like retrain your brain on how you talk. So something else to think about. Um, Sometimes if the Lord's declared something over you, he's given you a promise. Uh, Maybe a prophetic word got spoken over you. Maybe he gave you a vision of something. Maybe he spoke a word to you. Um, And in that, You need to keep in mind, too, that sometimes God's plan won't always come to pass in eight minutes. We got, like, eight-minute abs. We got, like, you know, whatever, eight-minute buns. We got microwave uh, food. We got uh, McDonald's. Everything's eight minutes. Um, (laughs) No, I'm serious. Everything is like instantaneous. Do you know what? Sometimes the Lord may speak a plan over you. I know he's spoken a lot of words to our pastors. Sometimes it may take 10 years, 15, 20 years. He did this happen with Abraham, did it not? Sometimes his promises are happening, just not as quick as you think they are. And so when you're in the middle of these seasons, um, sometimes you can tend to feel doubt or discouragement come in. And so what you need to do is you need to push it back with faith. Your faith is the victory that overcomes the world. So you push it back with faith. And what you do is you proclaim the word of the Lord over whatever area is in need of his touch. Whatever area it is, you just proclaim the word. And you know what you do? You go around meditating on that all day. And you put that on a post-it note on your mirror in the bathroom. Unless it's deconstructed, like some of us. Our bathrooms are tore up. Um, so... <clears throat> Let faith arise in every area of your life, not just your finances, not just your finances. 
Another key component thing that we need to do. When you pray for something, let's say you want the Lord to do something, pray and then immediately thank him. Thank him. Thank you, Jesus, so much. If I had a problem right now with my knee, I don't. But if I did, I say, Jesus, thank you so much that you heal my knee. Thank you that you're Jehovah Rapha, that you take every sickness and disease away from me. I take it right now out of my knee, and I throw it away. It is not mine, and I thank you that you have redeemed me, and you have paid the price for this for me, and I give you praise for it. Whatever it is, you thank him in advance. And what it does is it's showing him, hey, he believes me. She believes me. They have faith in me. And the Lord works on, uh, man, he, it puts a smile on his face when we, when we believe what he says. And it gives, him a, it gives him a spiritual access, a spiritual right to work on your behalf. Like it's our little bit and his big bit, you know? So I have this highlighted in bold God's prosperity is not inseparable from faith and from steps of obedience. You will not have the fullness of the one without the other. You will not have the fullness of the one without the other. This is how he works. What does he say to us? He gives us all these promises, right? He says, I'm his sheep. I hear his voice, the voice of another I will not follow. That's what he says of you. You are his sheep. You hear his voice. You're not following another voice. You hear it clearly. You know it. And so if that's how he's moving, we want to be, be partnering with him when he's speaking to us. He, uh, so I had this picture, and I believe this applies for the body of Christ, and I believe it applies for this body. But a picture of a funnel and uh, it was full of pieces of gold, different sizes. Anybody in here ever watched like the Gold Rush show or anything like that? They got all these like little mason jars and they're full of chunks of gold. And I got a picture real similar to that. And the Lord is there sustaining this funnel above you and me and every other one of his kids. He's sustaining this thing. And what we are is we're the mason jar that sits underneath it. And we just want to make sure that as God's moving and he's doing things, that we're in step with him, we're following him, and that when we're in that place, there is an abundant overflow in your life that's secondary to this thing. And it's a place where the jar's running over. You're never lacking anything. And I've experienced that if you're pouring something into a mason jar, it's usually easier to do in the ones with the big mouth versus the little tiny mouth ones, right? And so I think that as far as, I think that as, far as the, the size of the mouth of the jar is, that's us inclining our ear. That's us inclining our ear and being nimble in our feet to keep underneath where his hand of provision is instructing us. So... This is something the Lord told me to tell you. You are in step with him. And he has a very specific plan of follow through for each of us that entails every single thing we will ever need. That plan will bring fulfillment. It will bring abundance and joy. It's not an our kingdom plan, but a his kingdom plan. Then all these things are added unto us. 
He has great plans for us because we are careful hearers and obedient to his voice. I believe he's going to be whispering a bunch of revelation to you, uh, not only in today, but with Joe next week doing restored wealth and and then our Saturday class and then the two Wednesdays. And, and I think he's just going to speak to you in your chair today. And I think he's going to speak to you in your car. And when you're worshiping him tomorrow morning, I think he's going to be giving you revelation on what to do. And when you follow this stuff out, what you're going to see is you're going to see the hand of the Lord prospering you in response to the fact that you are his sheep, you hear his voice, and, you, and you're obedient. And it's so easy for him to bless you like this. He doesn't even have to work hard at all. It's really simple, really simple. So, why do I think he's doing this? I think he's doing this because he wants to produce an outflow of wealth for you so that you can bring about the glory of his kingdom. There's a bigger picture with this whole thing. Number two. I believe, you cannot, uh, I believe you cannot follow and be obedient to the Lord and have calamity brought on you. I believe the Father's voice is always going to bring you into better than you could have created for yourself. So if you just abandon this whole whatever my thoughts are and just say your thoughts are right, mine are wrong, just let me do what you tell me to do, Dad. Uh, it, it's going to be good. Do you know the Lord never lets you down? He never lets you down, ever. He never lets you down. He is always at work endeavoring to bring the best your way. Don't ever have a, don't ever have a, a low valuation for the, for the, the whisper of God. Um, he rarely lets us see the entire vision of a large plan fulfilled in advance. Usually what happens is he'll put a little piece in front of us, and we walk in obedience. And he puts another little piece, and then we walk in obedience. And it's like a cookie crumb trail. And we follow this thing out, and next thing you know, we look back, and it's like, he did another miracle. He did another miracle uh, with all these individual pieces. And so he is an incredible puzzle builder. He's an, he is a phenomenal puzzle builder. Um, when I was, so I didn't grow up in the church. I used to have long hair down past my shoulders. You, be nice to have a little more of it now. But, so you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe what I used to look like. And so I was like 23, and I'd created some problems for myself. Uh, and I was in an airport, and a gentleman who I knew said, you need Jesus. I'd never heard a true gospel message until the age of 23. So, this guy gives me, he says, you need Jesus. This all happened in like six minutes. You need Jesus. He gives me his Bible, and he tells me, I'm supposed to go read the book of John. So I decide I'm going to go up. And so I went camping up in the woods. It was in, uh, there was, I was, I took my tent. I hiked up into an upper mountain lake. I was on about three feet of ice and snow. I didn't see anybody for about four to five days. And I tried to read this Bible. And so many of you that grew up in the church you don't even realize that those of us who didn't, we don't know what a Gentile is. We don't know what a Pharisee is. We don't know what a Sadducee is. These, these words do not exist in, the, in a normal person's vocabulary unless you had some exposure to the church. So I'm like trying to read this, and, and what I got out of it was that Jesus loves me. And I didn't understand everything at the time, but I'll tell you what I did get. Um, I heard... 
I heard him tell me I was supposed to Hold tight. So I heard him tell me I was supposed to marry Claire. Now you all, like, we're married. That's all you know. That's for a long time. And that's good. But at the time, the problem was we had had a four and a half year dating relationship that, where she was ready to get married and I was an idiot. And so I, 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 was, like, I was dumb and I didn't know what I was doing. And so I actually broke off our relationship, and she was living in one portion of the country, and I was living in another. Not her will, my will. Um, And so when I was up there, I'm starting this thing with Jesus all by myself. This is totally like a not church thing, right? And I heard him tell me, you're supposed to marry her. So I came down, and when I got down, this is pre-cell phones, I came down, and I decided to call this Christian guy I know. One of the few friends I had that was a believer. I usually made fun of those people, so they didn't want to hang out with me. Um, so this Christian guy, I call, I, I call him, and I'm going to tell him, hey, listen, this is crazy, but I don't know if I, you know, am I out of my mind? Like, you know, I think God told me to marry this woman, but we're broke up, and she hates my guts at this present point in time. And so... I decide I'm going to call him. So I call him. He lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I call this gentleman. And when I did, a woman picked up the, boy, the phone. And I said, Mary? I thought it was his wife. And uh, she's like, no. She's like, Craig? <laughs> Craziest thing. Claire at the time was living about two hours away from the town they lived in. They happened to be having a barbecue. These are my friends, not hers. They happened to be having a barbecue. She happens to go over to their house. There's a bunch of people in a backyard. And the moment that they're all there, she happens to walk into the house, the only person in the house. The moment that I'm calling to the Christian guy I know to say, dude, I think I might have lost my mind. I... I'm, getting, I'm trying to get some counsel here, right? And so I'm, gonna, I'm calling this Christian guy to tell him what I'm thinking about doing and that I think that the Lord might have told me to do this and, and am I, what, what do you think? And she picks up the phone. And so I'm like, uh, okay, uh, I guess that's my answer. I don't need to talk to him. So I said to her something to the extent of uh, Claire, So let me tell all of you men in here who aren't married, this would be how not to propose to a woman. (laughs) I said to her, I said to her, I was like totally caught off guard, you know? Like I think I'm calling to talk to this guy. And I said to her something to the extent of, Claire, I've started a walk with God. Um, He told me to marry you and you're supposed to move to Washington. And you guys all think she's, she is really sweet. You, she's wonderful. But at the time, she doesn't like me. So she actually throws some curse words at me. She thought I was joking. She thought I was trying to be mean or harmful, but I was so caught off guard by the whole thing, it wasn't very romantic. And so she said yes, obviously. But, but here's my point. Like, the Lord is a master 
architect. He's doing stuff that you couldn't do. He does this stuff all the time. And so all we want to do is be obedient. If I didn't come down and call at that moment, when, she, when these people who live there, who should have answered the phone, uh, are walking in from outside, and she happens to be the only person, you know, it was a confirmation, you know? So um, God is a master architect. God is a master architect. Never underestimate the voice of the Holy Spirit to you directly. Uh, most of the ways the Lord has prospered me has been through this, through this. Uh, I have another story I don't have time for, so I'll skip it. The Lord says, he who is faithful will be faithful with little, will be faithful with much. And passing the tests with little is how to end up with much. So if he's bringing something to your mind right now, where he told you to do something, or he gave you a wisdom on something, or an insight on something, or a revelation on something, if, and if he's bringing it to your mind right now, you know what? Uh, write that thing down at your, in your phone, uh, log it in your brain, and you go do that thing. And it's likely once you take that step of obedience, you're going to see the Lord release a bunch more of blessing on you just for your faithfulness. And he's, he's so gracious to us. Uh, he, he never holds stuff over us. But uh, if you have the sense that there's something you need to do, you go do that. You go do that. And you watch. He'll prosper you. Um, I think we need to be thankful for our brother. What do I mean by that? Um, you ever hear somebody say, must be nice? Young lady gets married, and her friend's thinking, I'm stinking single still, and I really want to be married. Uh, somebody gets a new Mercedes-Benz, they roll up, and everybody's like, must be nice. <laughs> so, here's what I'm going to tell you. Uh, here's what I'm going to tell you. You need to be thankful for your brother. Um, I believe the Lord wants to prosper you in your soul too. And I think many times our prosperity is tied to being thankful for what we see the Lord doing and prospering another. And uh, if we don't have this perspective, it, it's possible that maybe we need to examine our heart because maybe we uh, let envy or covetousness come in. And uh, that can be a resistor to the Lord prospering you. So... Um, Something else. I think you need to seek counsel in all that you do. Uh, seek wise counsel. And be careful who you seek it from. Um, when I started, uh, I'll, just let, I'll just let it be at that. When I, start, when I knew that the Lord had a plan for me, I started to do that plan. I had family members tell me, you will never make it. There's no way you're going to make it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You'll never make it. I look at today and I'm like, man, I had an influence on thousands of people and all of this stuff. And I'm like, if I'd have listened to them, none of this would have happened. You got to be careful who you let speak into your life. And if it, if it ain't edifying and building up and encouraging, and if it's trying to tear you down and, you know, belittle you, uh, you probably need to, you probably need, you know, Jesus, uh, Jesus rebuked his disciple when somebody was trying to get him not to follow the plan of God. And sometimes you need to be like, get behind, you don't say get behind me, Satan, to your family members. But, but, what, you, but what you do is you may, need to, you may need to mentally say, you may need to, in your mind, say, get behind me, Satan. And you, and you choose, nope, you know what, I got a little muffler on my ear when they're talking because, uh, you know, that ain't the Lord. So, um, anyhow, something to think about. Is it really... Oh my gosh, I'm not even going to... No. Okay. 
Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through a couple things quickly with you. Um, there's a lot to learn about the life of Solomon. Uh, he was one of the mightiest men of God. He was the third king of Israel, uh, author of Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, many Proverbs and, and Psalms. He accomplished the vision, right, of his father. The building of the temple. Well, what happened at the end of his life? So he, and he went and intermarried with some women he wasn't supposed to. And then scripture goes on to say in Nehemiah 13.6, or 13.26, was it not because of marriages like these that Solomon, king of Israel, sinned? And so he accomplished a lot of things, but how many more mighty works could he have done if he'd had a wholehearted obedience? So uh, I put down that we want to finish strong and be in step with him all of our days, not just uh, at the beginning or the middle, but at the end too. Uh, it has happened to many a Christian that prosperity has created a bit of self-reliance. So let's be cautious that we never let ourselves be drawn unto chasing the prosperity rather than the one who prospers us. This is a risk. This is a risk in prosperity. I'm just telling you this. So, um, okay. So I mentioned some macro. I'm going to give you a couple of micro things. Um, I was telling you about how we had this crushing debt and all this kind of stuff that was on us. and um, We got some sound counsel. We did a Crown Financial Ministries study. We did a debt, debt-free and prosperous living study. My wife and I, when we first were married, uh, you know, I know the Sims have taught wealth builders uh, here for years, and that's going to be happening over the next few weeks. Um, so get good counsel. Get good counsel. Um, when we got out of school, we had a... All of our friends were like buying big cars and fancy houses and all this stuff. And we weren't doing this. We were living very modestly. We were paying off debts and paying off debts more and more and more, taking everything we had, paying off our debts. Now, other people weren't living like that. And, you know, it's interesting because it positioned us later. It positioned us later that we would have the opportunity to do some things that we wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. And so there's a comment, uh, a little slogan I like, and it says, if you wait, it'll be great. It applies to your looking for a spouse if you're single. It applies to your sexual purity. It applies to your finances. There are many things that you may even desire to have that you can't even fully enjoy right now because it, it might not be the right season to have it. And the Lord has a season for everything. But if you wait, it'll be great. And I would encourage you. Um, anyhow, there was something I really wanted a long time ago. I was saving cash for it. I'd saved up $18,000. And we had a, our first child, Chase. And we were so joyous to have him. But it was an unexpected C-section. And it was about $18,000. And so this thing I was saving up for got massively delayed. And I remember being bummed out, happy I had a kid bummed that this thing I wanted, uh, I wasn't going to have. And, but you know, it's interesting because later the Lord brought me that thing and he brought me a lot better one than what I would have got at that time. But it was interesting and he, he did it and it didn't cost me. I mean, it was like, it was the easiest thing ever. And he did all this. And what's funny is I, the joy I got out of that thing was a lot more because the season for it was right. The season for it was right. So it's good if you wait, it'll be great. And you gotta, you got to live like nobody else today so you can live like nobody else tomorrow. I'm going to have the worship team come up. Worship team, come on up.
so <clears throat> last thing I'm going to encourage you to do, if you're in here, I didn't get to as many practical as I thought, but the beauty is that we've got wealth builders coming up, and we've got a bunch of classes, and we're going to get into a bunch of practical. If you happen to use credit cards in here, if you pay them off every month, fantastic. That's good. If you don't, you know what you need to do? Cut them up today. I'm not joking. You cut them up today. My wife and I, uh, when we first got married, had a bunch of credit card debt. And I'm going to tell you that that that'll keep you bound. It'll hinder your prosperity like crazy. It'll hinder it. You need to cut that up. And if you get to a point where you can pay it off every month, great. That's the place to use it again. But these are some practical things. So... Lastly, I think you need to pass this on to the next generation. You need to pass these concepts on to your children. You should shoot to have a give, save, spend percentage. I recommend sitting down with your spouse as you're working out a budget. And if you want to give away 20% or 10% or whatever it is, save 30, live on 50, you know, you need to figure this stuff out and you need to have a plan and you need to stick to it. Why? Remember earlier I was talking to you about driving the car and coming with my head up above the clouds? The Lord wants to give you a vision of how he wants to prosper you. But then that vision is going to require you following a plan. So he'll give you the vision, but then when you come down here and you're in the practical, you've got to walk out all the practical to see the vision fulfilled. Does that make sense? So, um, yeah. I think we need to pass these things on. Um, do you know that it's the Lord's desire to, to grant you and bless you every desire of your heart. That's crazy. Like, how good of a God must you have if everything that, like, put a smile on your face, he wants to give you? That is awesome. It, he's, the, he's like the best spouse ever. He's like the best dad ever. He's the best ever. And he has ways of orchestrating things. And all we want to do is say, Dad, you know what? I might not know it all, but if I just get under your wing and I abide in the shelter of the Most High, and if I'm obedient and I hearken diligently in my voice, uh, my ear to your voice, man, I am going to see the land of plenty and this abundant prosperity come on me. And it's not going to diminish over time, but it's going to increase over time. And so what I'm going to share with you is that uh, I know that the Lord is calling this house up to a different level of faith, a different level of belief, a different level of trust, a different level of action. And what I mean by that is that um, he's not going to, he's not going to put a whole bunch of faith in you for you to do nothing. <laughs> he's, he's, he's increasing our faith so that we can step out. When your faith is increased, you step out. When you step out and you take action, next thing you know, he's behind you and he's the wind behind your sail. He's that thing that's orchestrating and moving all these puzzle pieces around so that as I'm in Washington and I'm calling Tulsa, he has somebody from Oklahoma City walking in the back door out of the yard, picking up somebody's phone that they don't really know. And, and I'm like, okay, Lord. Yes, yes, it wasn't romantic, but I'm obedient, I'm obedient. Don't do what I did, guys, don't do, if you're single, don't do that. Um, 
So I would like to kind of draw a line in the sand, if you would. If, if there was a line up here and we were able to put it up, uh, I'm going to say that that line is right there. And if you need the Lord to come and move for you, if you want to draw a new line in the sand and you're saying, from this day forward, nope, I'm in a position of receptivity. I'm in a position of agreement. I'm in a position of faith. I'm in a position of, yes, Lord, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Yes, Lord, I'm faithful. Yes, Lord, I'm obedient. Yes, Lord, I hear your voice. Yes, Lord, the whole focus and purpose of my existence is to commune with you, to hear from you, to be intimate with you, to receive download from on high and then walk it out to fulfill your kingdom plans. And you need the Lord to move in your finances. I'd like to invite you to come forward up here in the front. And I just want to declare over you, agree with you, that the Lord is going to move mightily on your behalf. And that there's a new line being drawn in the sand today. And that as there's a line drawn in the sand, you're taking a step of faith across that line and you're walking out in obedience and saying, my level of faith is growing. 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 You say in your word that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the word of God says that his delight is abundant prosperity over me. And I agree with abundant prosperity. It's for the fruit of my womb. It's for my bank account. It's for my silos and my grain house. It's for my children and my children's children. If you believe that that's what the Lord's plan is for you, and he's calling you to say, I'm going to step up and I'm going to walk in a higher level of faith. Come on up front. Come on up front. We're going to join you. And I'm just going to declare that the Lord is doing this for you. And we're going to get an agreement on this, that this would be the most incredible season for you, the the upcoming season, that he is going to pour open the floodgates of heaven on you, that he's going to pour open the floodgates of heaven. There's going to be so much come on you that it's going to be overflowing and you won't be able to contain it. You won't be able to receive it. Your cup runneth over. Say, my cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. The Lord's plan for you is better than you knew. I think we need to rise up into a place. We need to rise up into a place where we get in agreement with Lord. I didn't realize that my thinking was so small. I didn't realize that my vision was so small. Please impart your vision to me. Let your Holy Spirit give me a picture. Give me a word. Give me a vision that my vision would rise up to what it is that you have for me and that as you have that for me, I'm stepping out in faith. I'm walking across the line and that I'm going to see you produce the miraculous. I'm going to see you produce the miraculous. And it's not a one-time event that this is a lifestyle. It's for your whole lifetime. And this is something that's on you. And he says he commands it to come on you and overtake you. Something overtaking you is really, really powerful really powerful. So I declare right now in the name of Jesus that the fulfillment of the plan of God, the prosperity, the prosperity of the plan of God is on each and every person in this room. We agree with you. We thank you. We thank you for rising up our vision. We thank you for giving us more faith. We thank you for that we we are children. We thank you that you are our shepherd and we hear well, and we are obedient. We thank you for speaking to us in the night. We thank you for waking us up with the dream. 
We thank you for giving us just a, a, a renewed heart, a heart that's so, it's so transformed. We just don't even really give a rip about prosperity at all. We just want to see your kingdom come to pass. That's all we want. We just want your kingdom. We want your kingdom. And because our heart's just so wrapped up in your heart and our, our heart's so enveloped in your heart that you just desire for this thing to come on, each and every person here, and it's just overtaken them. It's overtaken them. It comes on them. And it walks with wherever they are. It's a shadow over them. Not a, not a bad shadow, but a good shadow. And everywhere that they go, just like with Solomon, that when, when the Queen of Sheba came in, she said, Whoa, this is more than I was even told about. This thing on you, this thing that the Lord's doing for you, this thing, this plan that the Lord has for you, the way he moves in your life, this is even more than I was told it is. It's even more. It's the Lord. And she actually, she respected and feared him so much, the hand of the Lord on him, she lavished him with crazy gifts. Lavished him. Because she said, I want some of that on me. I want some of that on me. So right now, we are in agreement that each and every person is here. Go ahead and raise your hands. Raise your hands and just say, Jesus, I receive the good and perfect plan of God on my life. I thank you that you speak to me well, that you instruct me and I, like a, a, a good sheep, hear your voice, and I obey well. I thank you that you love me so much that you'd be willing to include me in your plan. And I receive the fullness of abundant prosperity that it comes on me and it overtakes me and it overshadows me. And whatever I put my hand to will prosper. And we're in agreement in the name of Jesus. If you agree with them, say, we love you, Jesus. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be doing more Wealth Builders. Come, come, get instruction, get counsel, get wisdom. If you feel like you need somebody to pray more over you, hang out. And get get somebody here, part of our ministry team, to lay hands on you. If you've had a, uh, if if your confession has been scarred by your family and you need a new confession, come on up and let us pray with you.